Welcome to IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast. IFA Talk is for professional investors only. Thank you. Today, we'll be speaking to Ben Gutteridge, Director of Model Portfolio Services at Apesco. Thanks very much for joining us for the latest episode of IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast, where we talk to people who matter about things that matter in the world of financial services. My name is Rebecca Tomes, and I'm the junior editor at IFA Magazine. And joining me on the podcast today is my co-host and IFA Magazine editor, Sue Whitbread. And today, Sue and I are really excited to talk to Ben Butteridge, Director of MPS and Vesco. Hi, Ben. Uh, hi, Hello. Rebecca. Hi, Ben. <laughs> Nice to be referred to as someone who matters. That's a, a you rare, are. <laughs> you rare, definitely uh, do. rare reference. <laughs> you definitely do. You definitely do. And I think that our, our listeners will find this conversation very appropriate given the state of the economy and the many uncertainties. So let's just get into it, shall we? Yeah, I guess I'll kick off then, Ben, if that's okay. And I suppose I should, because things change so quickly at the moment, don't they? I mm-hmm. should tell our audience that we're recording this in mid-June 2022. And things are changing by the hour, if not the day. So, uh, Ben, if we start off then, can I just get to some views on uh, economic and market conditions? What was that old expression about, um, may you live in interesting times? Well, (laughs) we certainly got that at the moment, haven't we? Uh, Concerns about bear markets, uncertainties, economic threats. And of course, we know you as an NPS manager, will it'll be the long term that really matters. But I wonder then, where do you see at the moment the main bearish threats to risk assets? Well, um, a great question. And just to say, look, you know, it's a pleasure to be here and a pleasure to talk to you. Um, yeah, I think you sort of captured the mood. Like there's a lot of uncertainty out there. And mm. I think with uncertainty comes like quite a high degree of pessimism. And mm, yeah. you know, that's like evident in the way share prices have performed. Um, so, you know, what, what is driving that? Well, there's, lo- there's lots of things, isn't there? But the, the headline uh, concerns centre on inflation. And inflation mm-hmm. is, like, has a, has a, uh, a, is like a double-edged um, sword in that it inflicts a dual amount of pain and that if prices going up really eat into consumer spending power. You know, so if my, mm-hmm. my cost of my food and energy bills are going up and I've got less to spend on mm-hmm. the economy... And, and that was sort yeah. of happening anyway. Um, but of course, the uh, introduction of this sort of dreadful war on Europe's eastern flank mm. has had a, exacerbated uh, inflationary pressures in, you know, commodity markets. And that obviously mm. leaks into so much of the stuff that we that we buy. You know, we know that the, the, the pump mm. prices are going up, but Ukraine, a big supplier of fertilizer, less of that means food prices uh, are, are going to go up as well. So mm-hmm. it really eats into consumer spending power. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that uh, really troubles markets is that central banks don't really like lots of inflation. I think when we think about inflation, you know, it's price, obviously it's prices going up. And so you're sort of left as a consumer as like, well, do I, do I, do I buy it now, even though I can't afford it? But if, because if I don't buy that thing now, the price is going to be a lot more expensive mm. in a year's yeah. time. So I'm going to borrow some money now to buy it. So if, with inflation, I think for central banks gives concern that people are going to borrow money to, to buy things now rather than the prices yeah. going up and getting away from them. And so people buy more stuff now and that exacerbates the problem. There's more and more activity. Prices go up. People try to reach 
for those higher prices by borrowing. And so central banks really don't like inflation grabbing hold of an economy because it can lead to a bigger sort of leverage bust down the road. So uh, central banks like to thwart off inflation's menace uh, as well as sort of there's, there's many parts to it, but, but, but a big, big part of it is to thwart inflation as many as they raise interest rates, trying to curb yeah. demand, put even more pressure on consumers spending power by raising debt service costs. So, you know, you have less um, less consumer spending power through inflation, less through higher debt service costs. And that sort of grinding lower in activity, you know, has started that the. the the R word or the recession word mm. um, started to permeate <laughs> into the conversation. And that mm, especially is uh, here really in the UK, isn't stock it? Market. Yes, yes, you're right. Uh, yeah. You're right, Susan. Um, in, in the UK, it's, it's become a much more of a feature of, of the headlines. Uh, uh, also in Europe, the, 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 the proximity to the war, what that does for sentiment, and of course, what that means for prices that Europeans are paying. I mean, there's... Mm. There's, there's something a bit fortunate about our labour market in the UK and that wages are rising a bit faster mm. to offset some yeah. of that hit from inflation. Not so mm. much in Europe, which means like, I think inflationary risks are probably uh, at their greatest there than the UK. But of course, like, I don't know if you're ready for some positive news yet. I think we're all, <laughs> all ready for some, but the US is probably... Desperately. US is, the US economy... Um, it is uh, still the sort of dominant force on the global stage yeah. and there. Uh, and, and, you know, what happens in markets there can often, you know, lead sentiment in the, around the world. There, it's less obvious that a recession is a more likely outcome. I think we acknowledge and it's seen in markets that the risks have risen. But there, you know, there is a greater level of wage inflation to deal with inflation um, and uh, the labour market. Lots more people working, a lot of good, good pace of jobs growth nice savings cushion that consumers have there to deal with higher prices as well. So uh, look, it's inflation, it's central banks, tightening policy, it's risks of recession that are really troubling markets at the moment. But, um, you know, needn't be the base case in the US, which is still the most important economy, but the risks are on the rise there. Well, thanks for that note of uh, positivity to finish off there. <laughs> I think yeah, I, mean, I, might be out of them. I may be out of them now, but uh, <laughs> we'll, 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 see. we'll see how we go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So obviously, um, we've just been talking about inflation, and obviously, you did say wages are on the rise. There are high level employments. Um, how do you see this playing out into your asset allocation decisions and diversification plans with the MPS strategies in particular? Yeah, I mean, look, asset allocation calls. Uh, I think, as sort of Susan uh, highlighted at the outset, you know, we are trying, we we, we are looking more to the long term. I mean, I recognise that that does sort of little for investor comfort, you know, mm -hmm. in the short term. Um, I, I just think it's really difficult to make bold calls in, in, yeah. in the short term because of this recessionary risk mm. on, the, on the rise. Um, I think that some comfort can be drawn from like history about how equity markets perform like in and around a recession. Now, when you get something like a global financial crisis, then unfortunately, like you get outsized outcomes and like markets mm -hmm. really, really hurt. Um, but if you get a recession, like all recessions are dreadful because people lose their jobs. But if you get something of a more normal recession, then it's not quite, it's, it's difficult in markets, but you're looking at the, the order of magnitude of like 20 to 25% falls in stock markets. And in the US, mm -hmm. again, sorry to sort of, obviously very happy to come back to talk about UK markets, but in, in the US, 
like we've seen, like 22% falls yeah. off, off the yeah. highs. So well, that's technically get, bear market territory. Yeah, exactly. Isn't it? You're, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're quite right. Mm-hmm. So we're sort of in the midst of a bear market mm. in the US. So even if you get a recession, I would expect there to be downside from here. It may not be quite so material. Mm-hmm. So if we can sort of avoid a recession and growth ends up being, you know, marginally positive, then actually there could be some reasonable mm-hmm. like, upside from here. So we sort of call it asymmetry. You know, you get it wrong and the downside might not be like too painful from here. You get it right, mm-hmm. there might be quite a lot of upside. So on that basis, mm-hmm. you know, I think equities do look well-placed. I think over the, the medium long term, it's always difficult to argue that equities or it's it's typically very difficult to think that any asset class can outperform equity. So yeah. we're, com- we're comfortable with that. But over, over the short term, like if we get a really sort of savage recession, then equities do look di- like uh, it could be a really difficult time. But even in a, a more typical recession or an avoidance of recession, you know, I, I would be comfortable with the way we're positioning, which is, uh, you know, favouring uh, the stock market. You are listening to IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast. Subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to be notified as soon as a new episode becomes available. And follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram at IFA Magazine. And what about defensive plays then, Ben? Are there any particular areas there that you're looking at? Well, it's, it's, it's difficult, but the, the, if we get... Like a, a really gro- if we get really growth uh, problems surrounding growth, economic mm. growth. Now, at the moment, central banks are saying, look, we've got to deal with this inflationary challenge. Yeah. And that's putting up debt service costs, putting up interest rates um, to try and sort of choke down on any sort of nascent demand that sees, you know, adds to the inflationary mm. sort of conundrum. Um, and so I don't think that's going to change overnight. But um, if gro- the growth outlook really starts to look troubling and that could be you know in the coming months you know as we move towards the end of the year central banks may see that uh, the growth outlook is looking more troubling and that inflation may have sort of naturally started to fall yeah yeah you know the what go the inflation calculation is like a year over year thing so you know pulling numbers Indeed. out of the air if, if the oil price goes from 50 to 100 it doubles um, if mm-hmm. the oil price then goes from 100 to 150, you now it's the same increment. That's 50 dollars, but it's only a 50 percent increase. So inflation mm-hmm. will have fallen from 100 percent to 50 percent. So that inflation calculation, even though it prices may remain high or even go up, inflation can fall and give mm-hmm. like, consumers a bit of a relief, and also give central banks that room to sort of execute policy mm-hmm. at a slightly more generous pace but so my my point here is that in the face of more challenging growth outlook actually uh, uh, you want something more defensive central banks might start to cut uh, may not sorry not start to cut may decide to uh, raise interest rates at a slower pace and actually like things like government bonds in that environment might do okay they look appalling don't they value better value yeah. than they did yeah they could offer some defensiveness against uh, some more disappointing growth outcomes. And also that, that, that part of the market that's been hit so hard, what we call sort of growth assets, um, mm-hmm. you know, in technology, not necessarily some of the more speculative, mm-hmm. like less profitable early start businesses that uh, have been punished so heavily in the US, but maybe sort of, mm-hmm. you know, well understood tech companies in the US, you know, those types of things may be more defensive as well 
in an environment yeah. where central bank where we've got growth concerns and central banks are being a little more generous on their their central execution of, of, of policy interesting yep okay well thanks for that ben um and i guess uh, my next question really still sticks with the the macro view and i'm going to to mention the s word now the risk of stagflation right <laughs> uh, obviously it's a real one but i wonder where do you stand on this and where are the main impacts for you as a model portfolio services manager and i guess again with your positivity at the start i wondered are there any sources of comfort here well, I think, uh, yeah, stagflation's like a real problem because you're not growing very much and there's lots of inflation. Mm -hmm. So central banks don't really know what to do. Mm -hmm. If you've got loads of inflation and loads of growth, you yeah. like interest rates. Exactly. They, they've got the tools, haven't they? They yeah. know what to do there. Yeah. And, and if, it's, if you've got no growth and no inflation, then you cut interest rates, you do generous things. Mm -hmm. when, you, when you've got this mix, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to know what to prioritize and at the moment there does seem to this prior prioritization over inflation which means that um inflation hopefully will come down uh, but at the expense of growth so so growth rates are looking uh lower and that that has sort of mm. been a big contributor to the market's pain that we've seen certainly in in recent months and look, it's just hard to get too positive about equities, like in the in the in the weeks, maybe sort of you know month, months ahead, while central banks have this mindset. Now, mm. interestingly, you're very gracious to say what date we're recording it on. We've had uh, we've had the European <laughs> Central Bank sort of come out today and say actually we may need to do something to support mm. like Italian and your peripheral European borrowing costs. Mm. So their focus on inflation may have already just started to move towards, well, let's make sure mm. growth doesn't really hemorrhage. Um, but it's still quite a high bar. There is still this focus on inflation. So you've got stagflation, low growth, high inflation. They're tackling inflation. It's painful for markets. It's been a difficult mm. period. But through those natural base effects of inflation through the efforts of central banks we hope uh, and would expect uh, there's some positivity for you inflation to sort of subside uh, <laughs> over the course of the rest of the year uh, yeah. and therefore at that moment central banks at the right moment um, will pivot back towards saying okay well let's make sure the growth downturn isn't so damaging to the economy and stock markets I think yeah. would, would, would welcome that uh, would welcome that news yeah yeah, that's great to hear. I think our listeners will really appreciate that bit more of a. Yeah. We hope you're right. We're, we're <laughs> seeing a lot of. <laughs> a lot of I won't so, be invited um, back if I'm wrong. I, 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 so I hope I'm right too. We're making notes. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> no, we always welcome anyone who's got a positive spin, don't we? So <laughs> definitely, yeah. So before we go ahead and wrap, then um, we always like to ask our guests the kind of the question of. If you had the power to change one thing in financial services today, what would it be? Um, well, I'll let I'll let you. I'll be very quick. I'll sort of, sort of say two things. One mm. would be that, like, there is almost sort of I don't know a sort of sense of shame for being in the financial services mm. industry from some quarters, and that that in itself is like an issue because uh, and, and we have much to the industry has uh, has much to blame themselves for that for that perception. But it's a real mm -hmm. shame, isn't it? Because mm -hmm. you know, savings, you know, putting money to work uh, in the stock market, investing, 
you know, really improves clients of, or, or, or consumers' uh, ability to reach their financial goals. And also, yeah. like, it's good for the economy. It helps create jobs. So, you know, it's sort of a shame that, that that's the sort of perception. So if there's one thing I could change, yeah. it, would, it would be the perception. But it's not something you can do overnight, is it? You know, despite the mm-hmm. generosity of the question. Um, uh, and, and I think in order to improve that perception, you know, it's about um, communication and language. And yeah. I think like things like what you're doing today and hopefully I'm helping with is trying to um, enlighten consumers, potential savers about the uh, opportunity and challenges in, in the stock market like in a coherent fashion. There's clearly, mm-hmm. we all sort of drown in our own sort of lexicon and jargon, don't we, sometimes? Oh, we do uh, love a bit to, of jargon. We've got to try and rem- remind ourselves that, you know, the, the, the saver out there is probably starting, that the average, the, mm. the typical saver is probably starting from a position of sort of reticence and scepticism about our industry. So sort of clear and transparent and honest assessments of things in a coherent fashion like is is what i would change for our industry to help you know the the, the savings industry mm-hmm. the, the, the savers get over the line and, and do the right thing with their savings which is probably more often than not put a bit more money to work to help them meet, reach their financial yeah. goals and well, i think that's a really yeah, important point ben because like you say people are happy to just put money away on deposit and actually see a negative real return Whereas when it comes to investing, they're just that ner- they're nervous, they're hesitant, yeah. they just need a little bit of help and support and encouragement. And that's where the advice community is just so invaluable. And if only we could extend that capacity for advice to a greater number of people, then I think we'd all be very, very happy indeed, wouldn't we? We would. I would echo those uh, w- some points nicely made there, Susan. I would agree with that entirely. Well, on that happy note then, Ben, I think uh, we'll uh, we'll wrap up for today. And just to say a big, big thank you for coming on the yeah. podcast today. It's been really good to talk to you. And you've, you've talked through some complex challenges that are going on in the world today. And I think our audience will appreciate that you've put them in a way which is just quite easy to understand and just mm-hmm. cut through some of that jargon that we talked about, which is all too prolific in our business. We know that. Uh, perhaps we can follow up with you again later in the year when uh, well, just to reflect on things. So maybe in the meantime, mm. let's hope that the uh, the interesting times become a little bit less interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I'd be delighted to come back. I really enjoyed the experience. And uh, yeah, I'll be certain to answer the call, even if the my expectations go the wrong way. It'll be a pleasure to come back. <laughs> uh, that's great. Thank you very much, Ben. IFA Talk is for investment professionals only. All material has been carefully checked for accuracy, but no responsibility can be accepted for inaccuracies. Whatever appropriate, independent research, and whatever necessary, legal advice, should be sought before acting on any information contained in this podcast. And value of investments and income from them can go down as well as up. You may not get back the amount you originally invested.